Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Hammerlock Hangover. This is the, what do we want to call this, Jeff? The premier yeah. wrestling podcast. We vouch for no other podcast except for our own. We vouch for no others. We vouch for us. Right. For so no vouchers. We don't accept any vouchers, no Groupons, no coupons, no promo codes, nothing. Is Groupon even a thing now? I mean, after COVID, like they kind of kind of sh- shit in their fucking cereal. Like no, absolutely. Because I've I have started getting Groupon, like those little drop downs that annoy you in the middle of the day on your phone. I've I've started getting those like for the last week. Oh really? See, Groupons are a thing now again. Like I bought like things. one Groupon in my life. I, I it was like for one of those skydiving indoor skydiving places. Like buy one get <laughs> one free. Yeah. Um, and ever since then, I'll get like two of those a day and I didn't realize they were gone. I'm just like, cool, Groupon's gone. And then they start popping up again. So you know the pandemic's over when Groupon starts harassing you again. Yeah, I think the only time I tried to do Groupon was when I was trying to get some dance lessons with my wife. Like, I think I got them for Valentine's Day. And But yeah, that's fun, man. I like that. You I, and I, her or for her and somebody else? It, sh- <laughs> yeah overstock.com and wish.com never gave up they they were they they were like pandemic spandemic well i mean listen they still you, you can't have too much overstock so you had to keep going or else you have all overstock overstock right, and listen, overstock i know you want to start with something else but because we're talking about this i want to talk to you about my wrestling related e-shopping experience oh go ahead Okay, and, th- and this is all within the last 48 hours. This is current stuff. So I don't buy a lot of wrestling merchandise. Um, so, or at least not that often. I'm a hoarder. I have probably 60 T-shirts. Some of them, one of them I know dates back to the 1990s because it's from a bar. And I know when I got <laughs> it. I got it from the bar owner. She threw it at me. And I used to play pool there. So it was, it's from no more recent than 1992. Um, did she throw guy. you? Did she throw you the shirt because you lost your shirt in a pool fight or something? What, no, no, no. It's 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 because we always hung out there, and I and it, it, you know I think it was just you know I was probably like twenty five ish or something like that, and then she was probably like thirty three, and I was probably hitting on her, and she's just like, just take a shirt <laughs> and then take the head, oh. get lost, <laughs> <laughs> get, get, get lost, dude. Get lost, dude. At any point, she gave me a free shirt, so I still have it. I mean, you know, so I have I have at least one shirt that, that, that dates back to the Clinton administration. A, f- a free shirt is better than an STD. So I think you won there. Hey, 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 be nice. <laughs> nice woman with uh, you know, good taste, too, also by not going out with me. Um, so the <laughs> point is, I have a lot of I have a lot of shit and I don't buy a lot of wrestling merch. I have some. I you know, I have a fair amount of shirts and whatever. Anyway. So I decided to put my money where my mouth is. So I, I tried to do a little e-shopping. So I went on WWE.com, bought a Lashley shirt. No problem. Cool. You know, they had the sizes, whatever. They didn't have a whole lot of uh, selection. I get an email immediately telling me, you know, with your receipt, telling you when it's shipped. A second email with your tracking number. The next day I got an email telling me it's been shipped. Terrific. You know, that, that yeah. that's great. I mean, I know I'm going to start getting emails from them constantly it's gonna have to unsubscribe that whole thing not the point so i also said hey i like miro so i go to shop aw i find the shirt no problem pick they only had two choices i didn't love it but i liked one bet you know the best man one i certainly wasn't getting so the other (laughs) one was like the last boss or the final boss whatever 
I bought it, or I think I did, because I I get no email verification from them that you bought it. You know, I I didn't I didn't get the e receipt, and I didn't get anything saying it shipped yet. But it it hasn't. This was earlier today, so maybe I'll get that tomorrow. But you know, there's a difference right there on the level of customer service and the ease of of manipulating the web page. But if you think this is to bash AW, you'd be wrong because I go to ringofhonor.com, Ring of Honor shop, to buy a Shane Taylor promotion shirt. First of all, it's so hard to, to navigate that damn thing. But I get to the shirts, I find one, I'm like, okay, that one looks pretty cool. Um, I put it in <laughs> to buy it. It's like I like hit add to cart of like about a thousand times. It like took four or five times before it actually registered it on head add to cart. It's like take me to checkout. I can't find checkout. I'm like looking all over the place. So I, I've clearly already successfully bought something from WWE.com. I have bought stuff from Amazon before, obviously from Wish and things like that. Otherwise, they wouldn't be sending me emails every day. I may be an old fuddy-duddy, but I can e-shop, you know, at least like an average person. Ring of Honor, I literally could not check it. I just gave up. I'm just like, whatever. Screw it. So I can't even support the wrestler and my local promotion because their freaking website is so difficult to navigate from a phone. I didn't try it on the computer, but most people shop from their phone. So WWE, A+. Plus. Seriously, not necessarily selection, but A+, plus in, in the way it was easy to navigate and you know its effectiveness and its efficiency. AW, everything seemed well, except I'm not convinced that I actually successfully did a, a purchase. <laughs> and Ring of Honor, I mean, abysmal. Y'all, I mean, get your shit together. Wow. So do you think that your computer, what what type of computer do you use? Well, I was using my phone, which is uh, i11 or i10. Oh, so it's an Apple. So maybe Apple's smart enough to know that if you get email from AEW that it just automatically sends it to spam. Because <laughs> I mean, not only do I get email every day from AEW, I get texts every day from AEW. What? How do they? How do they have your phone number? Uh, probably because I bought pay per views. Tony Tony Khan is like, let's email this guy. I, I don't know. I I I mean, I I bought pay per views. I went to um, Full Gear. Mm-hmm. I mean, so those transactions were done over the phone and whatnot. Got whatever it. it is, they they Got they it. know and they send me. They send me a text almost every day. Like when Cody's new Pride shirt came out, I got a text immediately about that. Get be the first one to get the Cody Rhodes Pride shirt. Were you? No. No. <laughs> Did it work? Well, I'm sorry about that Ring of Honor uh, mishap. Hopefully somebody from Ring of Honor is listening. Why didn't you tweet them? You're so active on Twitter. How come you don't just tweet them? <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I think this is something that like enough people should complain about and they should figure out, I guess tweeting them would be the complaint. Yeah, you should. I think you would get a response at least. No, I think you're right. I, I, mean, I, would, I would be so interested to see that response. I, I'll remind me tomorrow. I'll do it. But I, I mean, my thought process was I'm going to a show July 11th. I'll just buy the goddamn shirt there um, and not have to pay for shipping. So, uh, you know, I figured that that would be fine as well, but yeah, I will. Cause I mean, I can't be the only one that can't navigate that damn thing. Why haven't you uh, purchased anything from Selena De La Renta? I did. Oh, you did? Would you? Did yeah. you buy the La Parca oh, uh, PJs? 
I did uh, extra large. She said it, it's. I said uh, I'm about Laparca size, so I need a two XL. And she's like, "Well, they they, they kind of they kind of run big." I'm like, eh, well, "I'm not sure if you're right, but ninety percent off." I oh, you D- you DM'd her to ask her how the size runs. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't a DM. It's just uh, just regular reply to tweet. Oh, look at you! Oh, I didn't even know you were. Why would I DM somebody and be creepy when I can just do a regular tweet? Oh, because she's she's usually like DM me for details, so. Oh, for that, I, I didn't. I don't read. I, I don't read that much. Um, no, it was it. fine. She, you know, yeah, and, oh, and by the way, that was perfectly efficient as well too. I got an email immediately telling me there was there was purchased. I got a second email with the tracking information, and I got an email the same day, like one day later, telling me it's been shipped. Here's your tracking number. So. Selena De Laurenta's store that's going out of business more efficient than AEW.com and heads and tails over Ring of Honor. Oh, wow. Owned wow. by a $2.5 billion company. You should tell that to Selena. Maybe she would. Uh, she, I see that she's uh, wiping out all her former friends because uh, people keep tweeting her porno and retweeting stuff that she doesn't want to see. So she's like, I'm deleting you guys. You guys are horrible. She should delete them. I mean, obviously she's getting a job pretty soon where she doesn't need to put up with the knuckleheads. So, uh, you know, uh, and I think her little thing with Alicia Toot is over too. I mean, it, it, yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate. It was so entertaining. I always find them entertaining, but. I did until, you know, listen, Selena is somewhat interactive. Alicia Toot though, couldn't care less about you. I mean, it's like, hey guys, this is what I'm doing today. You go, Cool, what you know, or whatever. I mean, she never likes anything. She never responds. I don't. I don't, I don't expect a conversation, but you know. <laughs> yes, you do. This is no, what I you're don't. upset. No, I, I just. I mean, like Brian Clark liked something. Like he's he posted something about Foreigner, and he got an album signed by Lou Graham. And I'm like, oh, cool. I'm seeing them in concert in a couple months, and he liked it. I mean, I'm just talking about an acknowledgement that, that a human being communicated with you. Oh, I got you. Okay, Roman, acknowledge me. I get listen, you. Listen, I get I, it. I get it if someone gets 6,000 tweets a day. If there's only three replies so far and you're the fourth, they can take <laughs> their time to to hit a button. That, that's all I'm saying. Right. Like, like, like she's not that big a deal. You're So, you're, so she's big timing you. I, I assume it's not just me. Wow. I, I think it Maybe is. Maybe it is only me. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else was, hey, talk to her all the time. <laughs> yeah, like, what are you talking about? I got her number on speed dial. <laughs> I mean, good for her for the job she's had, but she's, you know, I mean, it's not like she's the greatest interview person I've ever seen. It's not like she's oh, the most stop. attractive woman I've seen on TV. I mean. Oh, that's rude. Come it on. is a little bit rude, but it is TV. I mean, I'm just saying, I mean. Listen, she's the interview queen. See, this is this is why she's Renee, not responding. Your friend Renee Paquette is far more in, interactive than she is. Um, she's Kayla got a lot of time on her hands. Far more interactive than she is. Like I've had conversations with Kayla Braxton, not a lot, but like really? somebody somebody pirated her account was was pretending to be her, and I sent to her some sent her messages just so that you know somebody is pretending to be you in their account. You may want to let your fans know because some of them are going to fall for it, and I. You know, sent her a screenshot so that she knew I wasn't a creep. And she sent back, she goes, thank you so much. And then then her next thing immediately was to everyone say, hey, somebody is is pretending to be me. If you see this message, it's not for me. Oh, my God. You're like a hero. It's not a hero. I'm just Did you trying, ever it's not know a that... normal. K- 
Kayla's singing a song. Did you ever All right, know? The, the point of that story is that Kayla Braxton is on a higher tier than Alicia Toot. Something, something, wind beneath my wings. Right? That's how the song? Or did I just conflate two songs? Now, the person who's big time <laughs> is, is Jade Cargill. Oh, she's she's totally ignoring you. But I, you know what? I, you know what? I was talking to a friend of mine who um, we both is a mutual of ours, and he we're both very impressed at the fact that she has not responded to you despite you at least trying to reply like daily for the last three weeks to her. I'm about, getting that pizza. About getting free pizza, but we're very encouraged at the fact that you still have not been deleted I, or blocked. Yeah. And it's not like nothing goes back, go back to drafts, you know, whatever that is, that, <laughs> that thing is. Like if somebody's like muted you or something. Yes. Um, now, maybe there's some other status I don't know about, but no, yeah, she's, yeah. Listen, th there's nothing like mean or or hurtful about it. It's just a stupid little thing. Obviously, she knows it's, it's, a, it's a riff. I don't know why she just doesn't hit follow and then unfollow like three hours later or something. Because then, then if she follows you, then... You're going to acknowledge it. And then every other. Uh, but she's not following me. She's going to be following Unpopular Review. I am not Unpopular Review. I hear you, but she's going to. Someone will acknowledge that it's done. And you're like, you'll acknowledge it by saying, oh, thank you. Now I'm going to get some free pizza. Here's a picture of me eating said free pizza. And then every other uh, hopeless uh, right. well, if, guy if, is going to hit her up. If, if Jade, if you're listening to that, that none of those things would happen. I'd be done. I mean, you, you, you would literally never hear from me again. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you'll just, just be like Bruce Banner. You just walk, walk, walk away at the end of the show. Yeah, the, 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 this is a totally neutral comment. I, I am not interested in like developing like a more in depth. <laughs> like, all I want is the goddamn pizza. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, so you'll get acknowledged by you'll the you'll get unpopular review the follow. Yes, and you won't acknowledge her, and you'll just pack your bags and walk down the road, Bruce Banner style. In the, I would say uh, thank in you. The Bill I, I, would, I would thank her. I would I would express gratitude for for that, and that would be it. I would not bother her again. And then off off uh, into the dirt road, off yonder. Do, 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 That's exactly right. I would take my rucksack. <laughs> I would I would unbutton a button on my denim shirt. <laughs> yeah, walk on, um, walk on down that, walk on down that dusty road. There you go. Wow. All right. Well, what an what an intro. Who knew we were going to go down this dusty road to start the show? But here we are, Hammerlock Hangover. Thank you for listening to us on uh, the Wrestling Soup Network, the Rational Rage Network, and any other, <laughs> and any other. Uh, podcasting service whether that be spotify uh twitch uh, not twitch <laughs> spotify stitcher iHeartRadio. we're a lot of places speaker apple speaker apple apple podcasts wherever you can iHeartRadio. all of it just all of it we're a lot of places but thank you thank you thank you thank you if you like the show please make sure you leave a five-star review or four stars as many stars as you can leave us wherever it is like I said, many stars, many stars, drop a review, say these guys are funny, hilarious. Um, let's start with some of the, it's been a slow news week besides the wrestling results. And I don't want to really get into all the details of wrestling results because I feel like our audience would already be in the know of what's happened in wrestling. 
But I feel like uh, where we need to start this show is the news that started breaking on Thursday morning and pretty much hasn't stopped because there is no other news to talk about. And that's related to the WWE hiring a writer uh, to write creative for Monday Night Raw. But the problem with this writer is she went on a podcast and announced on this podcast that she knows nothing about wrestling. She is not a wrestling fan. She doesn't know anybody. She just got this job because she's a writer. She's written previous things. She She's a comedian too. And she now works for WWE on Monday Night Raw. Doesn't know Bobby Lashley's name. She called him Bobby Ashley. Um <laughs> She obviously I, I, thought of Rick Astley. She was uh, just very close to getting his his the name that we call him, which is Bobby Smashley. She mentioned the Hurt Business, and she said, um, I'm going to paraphrase here, so it's not a direct quote, but she said, I think their name is the Hurt Business or something like that. Um, and all I know is that they're big black dudes that wear suits or look good in suits, something like that. So the internet is all abuzz today because how dare, how dare the WWE hire a non-wrestling fan, somebody, a normie that doesn't know any wrestling? How dare you hire this person? This is why Ross sucks. So, Jeff, I've got my own opinions, and before I go on my rant about this nonsense, I'd like to collect your thoughts on it. Do you think the WWE is so outrageous and out of line for hiring a writer who is her writing is her profession? Writing is the skill that she brings to the table. Writing is the skill they need. And not know anything about wrestling. This is not news. This is the only thing that's news about it is that there's a face and a name to go with it. We've been hearing yeah. this for years that they've been hiring soap opera writers and TV writers and movie writers and everything except wrestling writers. And I, and I guess the narrative has always been, well, there's people in the room that are the wrestling people. You've got the Bruce Pr Pritchards, the Jeremy Borash, uh, Paul Heyman. Right. I, you know, Vince, you know, I don't know if he's in the room, but he's, but he's seeing things. Um, you know, maybe, maybe Paul Levesque, who knows who, you know, there's been people over the years. I don't know how active the producers are. I don't know about Sanjay Dutt. I don't know about Abyss, et cetera. Um, so no, I don't think it's a big deal because it's more of the same. Now, I think if you get a job, you know, even, uh, you know, you should, you know, I mean, the issue is her that she got this job. I mean, there should have been an interview where saying, well, we're going to put you on Raw, so what can you tell us about Raw? Well, your champion is Bobby Lashley. I mean, you, you should be able to start there. Um, so, you know, that's weird. It's definitely weird that somebody got that job with, with you know, without being able to know these names, just sort of expertise on the product itself unseen. I mean, it just seems like that's the wrong person. Like if someone, I used to be an employer and I used to do a lot of the hiring. And if someone came in and I had no idea what my office did or what I needed in the ad or, or couldn't tell me some story about what they saw in the firm, even if it was bullshit, um, you know, I would be like, 
this person doesn't want this job. They're not serious. So I don't know how she got the job. That said, that's only half on her because they hired her. So I don't think it's much of a story. Uh, you know, it, it comes off goofy, but it's nothing new. Um, she probably shouldn't have gone on a show and said that because, you know, I mean, I question her judgment period going into an interview, knowing nothing about the job or the product. Now, listen, some people out there are going to say, she didn't know she was going for Raw. It could have been SmackDown. It could have been NXT. It could have been anything. Fine. Study up on all of it. Watch a couple of episodes of all the shows. Read up in all the different divisions. Who you know, There's only so many things that, that you could possibly be writing for. Um, so you know it's not Mr. and Mrs. Miz. There's a different production team that does that. So uh, and to your then, point, I mean, in public. I'm sorry. Go ahead. To your point, Jeff, like you – you know, we just saw Jimmy Smith, right? Jimmy Smith is a guy that reviews, commentates, has his own Sirius XM show of related to commentating and um, talking about MMA. And even uh, when he is interviewed before, when, you know, people found out that he was interviewing for this broadcasting position on Raw, they asked him, do you know anything about wrestling? And he's like, I don't know anything about wrestling. Uh, last time I watched wrestling was The Ultimate Warrior back in the 80s. And so he admitted that. But at the same time, he studied up. He even says it. like I think they asked him on WWE on one of those backstage vignettes that they put on .com where he's interviewed. And they're like, talk about your previous experience with WWE. And he openly says it. I haven't watched it since, you know, Hogan and Andre and Ultimate Warrior. That's it. But best be sure that I'm going to start studying up and I'm, I'll know everybody's name in a couple weeks. Like, I'm a professional. So I hear that about her, about this writer situation. But the skill that she's bringing in is writing. Like, I don't need her to know. She'll learn the names. She'll learn the talent. I don't need her to know the talent from the jump. I need her to tell me how to tell a compelling story. That's what's lacking here. Um, I come at it from a slightly different angle. Again, I don't think I think the fact that they hired someone without wrestling experience is a non-story. That there's nothing there's nothing new to see here. I think their hiring process as to who they hire is very lacking because she didn't do the bare minimum to get the, to apply for this job. I also, and I am only more convinced about that by the lack of her judgment by going out on a podcast and publicly saying this after being hired, you're basically throwing your employers under the bus. This is somebody mm. who didn't really want the job, didn't prepare for the job and is acting unprofessional afterwards. So, okay, that's fine. That's on her. That's who, that's who she is, or that's my knee jerk reaction to her. But they're the ones who hired her. They, they could have said no. Uh, so, you know, that so their whole hiring process, I mean, if their hiring process stinks, that would explain why some of the product stinks too. They're, they're not paying attention to details, things that even like a, a little fish like me paid attention to in, in my world. So, uh, mm -hmm. and, and I'm not unique in these regards. I talked to other employers and, and all of the decent, all of the people who took their businesses seriously felt the same way. I just feel like they, like if someone spelt my my name wrong, I, I threw their shit out. <laughs> well, that's you. I mean, look, you poor, no, poor, poor Alicia Toot. 
if you're writing to a hiring manager and you use the name. You, you poor Alicia too can't uh, respond to you, and and she's dead to you. So <laughs> I think that's more a, a evil dose Jeff Lippman issue than than it is a, a general issue. To me, listen, if you're, let's say we're to, listen, this is an entry level writing position. Let's be real; she's not managing the entire creative staff of Monday it's Night. It's not writing. an entry level writing position. There's writing positions. The end. It's it's not like she's starting on on the, the 2 a.m. shows, and then she's going to work her way up to the to the 10 a.m. shows, and then do the 2 p.m. shows, then all of a sudden she's going to do the 5 p.m. shows, then she's going to late night, and then she's getting to prime time. There's, there's only three shows she could be writing for. But, Jeff, she's not just writing it, and then all of a sudden it becomes television. Like, th there's part – she is one part of the machine. She is one writer in the room – and doesn't mean that if she pitches something, it's going to go live. Like it's got to go through a rigam, like a, a, a rigmarole of, of, of approvals. It, the kidding. one and the one that, that, that is the most difficult is Vince McMahon's. So she's a low man on the totem pole. And so like, I agree with you that it is, this has been known for a long time that they like to hire people outside of the industry because again, they, they have people that know the business. Heyman has been in the business for over 30 years. Vince McMahon himself, 50 plus years, like the kids, triple H, all these guys, they know wrestling. They don't need wrestling writers that know wrestling. They need writers that know writing because nobody else knows how to write. Right. And the, the one thing that I do think is news, which I think everybody is overlooking, like, again, no no breaking news here. Like, Freddie Prinze Jr. was one of the writers and also taught acting lessons to the talent during the Ruthless Aggression era. And he was there for several years. Brian Gerwitz, right? He didn't know much about wrestling, but now he's The Rock's right-hand man and was wrote a bunch of stuff that was, you know, for that era of rock and Austin. Right. Mm -hmm. So much so that now like he he's rocks right-hand man in his production studio. Um, Patrice O'Neill, Patrice O'Neill, like all these guys, they've been writers in the room, but again, Patrice, I, I think was a fan. I get everything that you're saying. What, what I think is, is more important. She didn't prepare and they didn't vet her and they, and they got a rotten egg. Meh. I, I think that's that's not important because again, if she's the low man on the totem pole, let's let's go let's go at it this way. If you're I'm a cashier at Lowe's, hold up, hold up, Jeff. If you're a cashier at Lowe's, mm -hmm. if I'm interviewing a cashier at Lowe's, mm -hmm. do, does the cashier need to tell me who the CEO is, who the vice president is, who's the senior vice president, who the store manager is? Who's no? I she just needs need to know what the merchandise is, and she needs to know the difference between a dollar and five dollars. But that's the see, but that's different. The difference between a dollar and five dollars is a skill. That's the skill. I'm hiring you for the skill. She knows writing. She knows comedy. That's what you're bringing to the table. That's what I'm hiring. I can teach you where the light bulbs are. I can teach you the hardwood, where plywood is. I can teach you that stuff. You can I, learn I that want, along I the way. I want to up you, but I know some fat cats. I know. I know people who have made TV shows. I know people who have made movies. You don't just get in because you're a writer. You have to be a writer that has some sort of interest or skill set in this area. She showed no interest in it, and then she threw them under the bus afterwards while still under the employee. Here's, under the employee. It, here's 
it's fascinating that you bring that angle because that's segueing to the other thing that I wanted to talk about. The real story here is that she's a woman and not only a woman, but a woman of color. Last that I've heard, Jeff, is that there are the, in the writing room, there is not that many women. And I can imagine even less women of color. If she's hired to bring in a perspective for a Bianca, a Sasha, a Naomi, then that's fantastic. That's a point of view that is not on the writing team. Not Vince McMahon, not Paul Heyman, not Triple H, not anybody else can bring that perspective because they don't know that. Maybe. I, I mean, I, I, I agree with your premise. I just want to I just want to have a caveat that I don't think that everybody fits into a category. I think just because someone is 20-something or 30-something, African-American and female, that they necessarily feel or have the same perspectives as Sasha, Bianca, Naomi, whatnot. And just because somebody is 60-something and white doesn't mean that they're out of touch. That said, as a comedian, which is what, what she her main career is, I mean... The writer, yes. Yeah, but she's a she does stand up as well. A comedian, I mean, the one thing they all have in common is they are keen observers of society and they're keen observationalists. So I will accept that the, the the premise that that she's probably better skilled to do it. I also wholeheartedly agree that diversity uh, in the workplace is a good thing generally, but especially in a in a ensemble TV show where they're trying to get different types of fans and and, a, and an appeal to different ethnicities, age groups, genders, whatever, any, anything. The more voices you have, the more perspectives, the better. So yeah, I think there's a better chance that she's more in touch with current culture and with, and with certain perspectives, whether it's uh, being a person of color, being a, a woman, being in New York City, um, mm-hmm. you know, versus in Tampa or Orlando or Connecticut. Uh, all of those things, you know, would lead to the reasonable inference that she's more in touch with, like Vince McMahon, who's seventy-six or whatever it is, and Bruce Pritchard, etc. So, I, I agree with that. I just, it's just like people aren't mono, you know, monolithic in in, in that way. Um, and the reason why I think this part of the conversation is especially relevant because a lot of people were were mad at her because she described Lashley and the Hurt Business as big, big black guys who wore suits who thought that they were cool. And people were like, you can't call someone black. And she like tweeted back, of course you can call someone black. Why would you deny their blackness? Well, then people were arguing about her ethnicity. And I guess because she was on the show Asians to Asians or something like that. or a- Asian, Asian not Asian. Yeah, I, I didn't. Yeah, I don't know the show. Um, they, I heard they, it. But they thought that maybe she was Asian as well. So people saying she's not black. Well, I mean, we looked into it and we listened to a couple of her comedy bits. And she makes it very clear. Um, as far as her, like, I, I applaud her for being brave enough to take a job, right? You, I mean, some people can say brave. Some people can say completely foolish. And, and you know, I'm in the boat that says it's brave for her to take this job, not knowing what she's getting herself into, not knowing the uh, bloodthirsty aspect of this fan base that has already caused her to block her Twitter um, and, and, and gate it. So you can't see her tweets. Everybody was harassing her, commenting on every single thing that she's tweeted in the last, I don't know, year, two years. People have a lot of time on their hands. Yeah, and that's one of the suck. reasons. What was that? Wrestling fans suck. Yeah, they're fucking horrible. Like, I mean, what? she's a comedian, a screenwriter, and 
and she hasn't faced this before in, in what you think would be similar fandoms or f- uh, similar type of fanaticism. No, she, it's only wrestling fans that, that, that cause this, you know, sort of public figure who's stand-up comedians often offend. That's sort of what they do. That they, they push the limit, yeah. but but only wrestling fans cause her to to protect her Twitter account. I mean, come on, people, we got to do better. <laughs> Exactly. Like, I'm sure, like, again, as a comedian, she's probably handled hecklers before. And I think she's got a skit where she's talking about, you know, hecklers. But it's just all of it at the same time. And, like, that's what happened, um, oh, my God, with one of the wrestlers that um, committed suicide. Her name is escaping me. It was last year. uh, Hannah. Kimura. Yes. Thank you. Um, no, that wasn't wrestling fans, though. That, that was the reality show people that thought that she was mean. Now, maybe there was an overlap, but that was... the Yeah, the but I mean, like, in, in the Venn diagram of social media idiots and haters, like, I mean, they're kind of like one and the same. Like, I have no idea. I, I, I would have thought that would have been the same with the stand-up comedian. No, I, I want to single out wrestling fans as being unique, or at least as far as I can tell, uniquely awful. Yeah, but I mean, some of them were like, you can't wrestle, you're fat, ba 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 and like, if one person says, if one person's heckling you at the time and you can walk away from that person, fine. But when you have an angry mob of these wrestling fans and smarks, like, it's too much. Like, come on, you guys are fucking, get get your shit together, man. Like, it's not that serious. Like, that's what I, <laughs> it's like me going to the Lowe's cashier and being like, where's the plywood? I don't know, sir, I just started here. You fucking idiot. Why do you even have this fucking job? I look like an idiot. I look like a clown. I've and seen then people argue with her about it. This, you're not black. You're Asian. She's like, I'm pretty sure I know who my parents are. I mean, I I've seen that nonsense. I've seen them go on like the comments is just ridiculous. The comments on her tweets, which now she's blocked. You can't even see them now. But I'm sure they're screenshotted. Um, the comments on the the YouTube page for the podcast, the reviews for the podcast. Like, this is something I wanted to mention too. Like, everybody's like. She shouldn't have mentioned you yourself. You shouldn't have mentioned this on the podcast. Do you know that the same the podcast had like I don't know a couple hundred listeners? Like, and now this is their most over podcast. This podcast is their version of where did Jeff go? Why did he leave uh, the Solomonster Sounds Off group? <laughs> that's that's their. This is the episode called Cool Story, bro. Check it out. <laughs> that's right. It's in the archives. It's scandalous. Scandalous, 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 scandalous. Our most listened to episode is is that episode. And that's this is for them. This is for that Asian, not Asian podcast. They're they're so over because of this. Well, good for the podcast. That's great. But you know, I'm sure she wants to do good things for the for their podcast, but I'm sure this wasn't the plan. Listen, I don't I, I would like to tie this in, but when part of the reason for re-recording was to get our shit right, but also to make it shorter. <laughs> I think we're, making, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're risking making it longer. All I want to say is I think the controversy is stupid. I think that she was unprepared, and I think that that is not a great sign. I hear what you're saying about she had another skill set, and and more. And I would put an equal amount of blame on WWE for in that hiring process to allow that to be sort of the corporate culture and or to give the impression to candidates that they don't need to know a goddamn thing about wrestling that they can be hired and feel comfortable saying it in a public forum, small podcast or otherwise. That's it. 
Real quick, agreed. But now, after the fact, we're now hearing rumors that she's getting a lot of heat backstage for this. Do you think that's justified from WWE? No, I mean, if she's running her mouth, that shows poor judgment. I mean, so yeah, I think that she has poor judgment, just like I think that Andrade has poor judgment. Just, I mean, there are people who say dumb things. Sammy Callahan, poor judgment. Drake works has gigantically poor judgment. So, you know, Braun Strowman before release, poor judgment. There, there are people who are either think their shit don't stink or that they just have poor judgment. And I think that she is someone who displays poor judgment. And that kind of, what is the word I'm looking for? The, the, that kind of attitude that, that, that you're not really worried about what authority and what the rest of society thinks is, oh, is, that, is maybe, that word is dewdrop. <laughs> yeah, that that may be part and parcel of what makes someone a successful comedian and comedic writer and comedic observer. So, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that it would be different with Judah Freelander or or Larry David or or whatever, you know, Richard Lewis. I'm. It's probably part of being a comedian that you, that, that you're just not concerned about sort of the rubrics of society. Uh, to an extent, I, I just I just think it displays unprofessionalism. But if they're hiring that and looking for that skill set, I mean, it's sort of they're bad to not. I mean, they control everything their wrestlers do, so maybe they should they should control what their writers do better too. Now, maybe they do, and she just didn't listen. Maybe she just bucked it. Maybe she went on an unauthorized public engagement. Maybe that's why she's getting the heat. I don't know. Yeah. I don't have enough to to really comment about that further. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I, I've got a feeling there's going to be more to come on this. Um, so I guess this isn't the last we discuss this. So more to come. We'll see. We'll see where we're at next week. But uh, that wraps up this. Let's move on to the next. Um, let's talk about the other news. The other news from the last couple of days in wrestling. It is uh, rumored that the WWE is looking to do a show the day before the twentieth anniversary of september 11th in new york city in madison square garden um and you know that's great you know they're touring the only i live in new york so my question was when are you coming here when are you guys coming here because i miss you guys and looks like we've got an well we don't have a definitive answer because they haven't acknowledged this uh yet maybe when they air smackdown they'll say something but in the meantime, this is a rumor that there are certain, there's a significant amount of uh, wrestling quote journalists, end quote, that are reporting this. So I think it's only a matter of time that they announce this MSG show for September 10th. Um, happens to be a Friday. It will be a SmackDown live show uh, from Madison Square Garden. Uh, and now AEW fans <laughs> are railing against this, citing... The WWE is trying to uh, infiltrate AEW's market or corner them or take away their ticket sales. I don't know. Uh, st steal their sunshine. How about that? Let's let's uh, take that phrase from uh, the good old band, Lem. Lem. You, you remember Lem? Steal my sunshine. Yeah. There, there was like a catchy hook that I and could not. Know. Yeah. If you steal my sunshine, that's the, yeah. that's, that's the one. Yeah. When I close my eyes, you sound like the girl that sings the hook. Uh, mm -hmm. 
<laughs> That's right. I went into the job interview and I did that. They said, "Do you do you know the other words?" I said, "No." They said, "Great, you're in the band." You were like, "I knew said, more about I know more about Lem than than that writer did about WWE." Such nonsense! You probably still don't know anything about Lem. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Jeff. I saw the video. <laughs> you probably don't even remember the video. Uh, yeah, they were in a car. <laughs> they, were, they were pretending that they were like a big, like a big long convertible, like a like a old Tommy Oldsmobile. Was it tra- uh, What's it called? Oh my God, what's this? Like a nineteen uh, seventies, like long, like long daddy. Are you sure that's not like a uh, what's it called? Uh, this guy, uh, the guy with three names, Carpenter, not Carpenter. What's the fucking guy's name? Ay, Dios mío, not Billy Joel. The other guy, the sang Pink Houses. John Cougar Mellencamp? Thank you. John Cougar Mellencamp. No, was this was a pink Cadillac. Exactly. Are you sure you're not getting confused with that? I am sure I'm not getting confused. There's plenty of songs about cars. There are lots of songs about cars, including Here in My Car, I Am Safest of All. Ba-dum, ba-dum, <laughs> ba-dum, ba-dum. <laughs> cars. So what are, your, what, what are your thoughts on AEW fans freaking out about this? I mean, for one, they're still steal- they're stealing their own shine because they were in Newark five days earlier. So, I mean, booking Queens is sort of saturating the same market uh, on their own within one week. Um, I mean, New York is traditionally, you know, WWE territory. I mean, when people went to WCW, they used to go up in New York. They didn't say Stanford, Connecticut. They would say New York. So when people used to say New York in wrestling, they meant WWE. I think they still do. Um, even though they're mostly in Orlando and Tampa th- th- these days. But, I mean, I understand the point. I will say this. And listen, I don't know how it's been because of COVID and bookings and things like that. But shows, you don't just book a show in Madison Square Garden in two months' notice, generally. I don't know if that's how it is now, but it's usually months and months in advance. So I would not be surprised if this was in the works well before this this second AEW show was reported. Now, listen, still, it, it it could have been said that they were trying to compete with the Newark show, except it's not because the Newark show, those tickets were already sold for Blood and Guts a while ago. And so those same people are either going to yep. go or they're or they got already got a refund. And I guess they'll have to sell more tickets. But it's not like it's 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 not like the place is, you know, 100 percent empty um, and same market, you know, maybe 10 or. 20% of the people got refund. I, I don't know the number, but I, I think it's silly. Uh, you know, it's there's 20 million people in the, the New York City metropolitan area. And people are traveling for the show. I'm two of those people who are going to be traveling. Well, I'm one of them, but La Sicaria is the other who's going to travel to see the AEW show. Let me ask you this. Bic, you're a perfect person to ask this. And I am. You've already I'm made your... Person. You're <laughs> to ask this question because I need to. Uh, you're already traveling for this AEW show. If you got word about this WWE Madison Square Garden show and you live in Baltimore, would you drive up to see it in Madison Square Garden? No, I would not. So, what's so special about the AEW show that you need to get up off the couch and um... drive like six hours? It's the camaraderie that that there's a group of us that are going together. So I guess if you ask me the same question about SmackDown, would I do it? I don't know because WWE tickets are so much more expensive than AEW tickets. Mm. 
and like SmackDown, they tend to not be as action-packed as Dynamites. And that's not always a good thing necessarily. I mean, it's Crash TV, but I think Crash TV is fun to watch. I mean, like I, I've went to one rodeo. I went to one. That was enough. Um, and I've been to an AEW pay-per-view, but pay-per-views are not the same as the Dynamites. It's not the same kind of chaos. So, And I, I think they'll try to put on a, a great show. They want to make an impression. Uh, it's also in you know a stadium I've been to a lot of times for the U.S. Open. I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I have family in the area, so. But it's mostly for the camaraderie. I mean, if if the whole gang said, "Hey, twelve of us are going to SmackDown," you want to come? I'd think about it. I don't know if I'd say yes, but I would. I would give it serious consideration. Okay, good to know. Um, yeah, I think that I actually think that it's more the opposite. I think I agree with you. I think. Madison Square Garden is a tough place to book and you need to book it well in advance or at least earmark dates, especially if you're going to get close to hockey season starting, basketball season starting. Um, and, you know, WWE always does really well in the, in the garden. Um, so... I can see where even during COVID WWE reaches out to Madison Square Garden and says, Hey, like, you know, if things open up, we want to definitely do a show there. Um, and it was always rumored when they were going to open up that, you know, even I think, what was it when they mentioned shows back after WrestleMania, like one of the early places they were talking about was going, starting in the garden or starting in New York. But you know, the government here wasn't as quick to relax uh, restrictions, COVID restrictions, but now we're fully open here in New York. Um, and I think that they, it was insider information that they knew that they booked or earmarked a date. And I think Tony found out what that date was. And I think he piggybacked off of WWE saying, I'm going to go first. Remember last week on the show, I said, why would Tony announce that he's going to do a show with Arthur Ashe at the Arthur Ashe Stadium, but not sell the tickets the day after? Like, it makes no sense. When you hear like, hey, Guns N' Roses is going on tour and the tickets go on sale this Saturday. Like, you don't wait three weeks, a month, a month and a half to release the tickets from the news. Like you just do it. I think you're hundred percent right. Especially given the fact that they haven't sold out any of the shows for next month yet. So I think Tony decided, you know what? I'm a one up them and I'm going to announce my, my date first. Yeah. They also made a big deal about making this like the first non tennis event in that stadium. And while I mean, because New York has no money, and it, it, the the USTA Stadium is uh, is owned by the New York, New York City Parks Department, so it's public mm -hmm. property. For whatever reason, the people who ran that place were denying everything. So I don't know what kind of wheels he greased to 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 get that in, or maybe they were just desperate because they, there's no tax revenue or or no events. Mm -hmm. But they they said yes. But I, I'm sure that it was pretty. It was relatively recent. I think that there's a extraordinarily likely chance that they start putting those wheels in motion after 
WWE was already talking to MSG about booking again because MSG, you, you just don't book it on a, on a whim, even if you're WWE. That said, whatever. Companies are allowed to compete against each other. They're allowed to do it. So the only reason you get upset about it is if you think your product can't sell out. And frankly, I, I think WWE has... Uh, has just as much risk as AEW does. Their Newark show, they already know how much is sold, so it's uh, already a success or, or, I suppose, already a failure, but, but it's sunk. Um, and and then they've got the new show. But there's, uh, there's plenty of people on Long Island and in Queens and in Brooklyn who it's easier for them to go to the AEW show than to go to the Madison Square Garden or to Newark. But companies are allowed to compete against each other. And, you know, if... if if, if Vince was saying, huh, I'm going to go in there right in the middle and, and, you know, take up some of the market. Okay. Test it. Test your theory. See, see if you're right. I, th I think that market is big enough. You know, I mean, if Bruce Springsteen was playing the Meadowlands and then the next day Fleetwood Mac was playing MSG and then the next day the Eagles were playing the Nassau Coliseum, I goddamn but guarantee you they'd all sell out. Yep. You're right. Um, you're absolutely right there. Um, I will say, I, I want to say that speaking from, I'm one of those guys that bought tickets to this um, Newark show for AEW almost two years ago at this point. And I chose to hold on to the tickets for when they were going to reschedule it. They rescheduled it like three times and now it's, you know, in September. And like you, again, you brought up that we're all meeting up to go to this AEW show or to buy tickets to the AEW show when the tickets go on sale. If it wasn't for that camaraderie, I wouldn't want to spend my money again. Like, I already got tickets to go see them in Newark. Why do I need to go see them again? Like, right. I don't I don't need to. But because it's a different set of uh, people that I'm going to go with, with that gives me a different experience, right? So that's really the draw there for me. It's not Orange Cassidy or Moxley. Definitely definitely not Moxley because, you know, <laughs> fuck that guy. But Miro is um, mommy. Miro, if, if Lana shows up at Arthur Ashe Stadium, you know, I'll be the first one to jump over the rail. So, <laughs> you know. That should go well. Absolutely. Absolutely. But then I'll have a story. For the show, well, somebody it'll be, will tell the story about it. About you. it'll be it'll be Hammerlock Hangover from prison, <laughs> from your funeral. Oh no! You think Miro would kill me? Yes. I, I think I can take him though. No, you couldn't. <laughs> I, I'm fast. No, you're not. What? No, no? you're no? much much slower. I'm moving very fast right now. I'm moving my hand you're very not fast, moving back and fast forth. at all. I think your eyes need to be checked. Speaking of AEW, um, before we talk about how much <laughs> Dynamite on Friday nights suck, um, I want to talk about Andrade. Andrade recently on social media said that he wanted a shot at the TNT title before he went for the AEW world title. What, why would you say something like that? Like, why aren't you just under, undercutting your own value? Yes, but, 
but he says a lot of stupid things, which may explain why he doesn't have, why he until recently didn't have a job. I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. He also said something that I didn't understand at all. Apparently he responded to something that Kenny Omega said, and he said something like, I was tired of working in a company with people who only spoke like me, which I mean, he couldn't have possibly been talking about WWE because the big issue always was rumored that he couldn't speak English. So he couldn't, so he couldn't do promos. So what's he talking about? Triple A or CMLL? I mean, is that what he was? He was he taking a shot at, at these these two little Mexican promotions from from <laughs> up here in the U.S.? I mean, what a jerk! I mean, <laughs> I don't think I think you're talking saying it out of context. Let me see if I can bring up his. Well, I, it didn't. I mean, perhaps this is the episode where we so just bad. do zero. This is the episode where we do zero homework. Make a lot of a, a lot of assumptions no, and no, fuck I, up. I, I'm pretty sure I got the quote almost word for word. Now, is that what he intended to say? I don't know because his English isn't that great. So he might have he might have said I wanted I was tired of working with a company that didn't speak like me, but that's not what he said. I read it. No, this I got I brought I got it up. Okay, he said. Ahead. So Kenny Omega said I checked the win. So this is um, after he. He posted and said, I want, no, I deserve the opportunity for the TNT title and the AEW world title. It's my next step. Kenny Omega replied, I checked the win-loss record. He ain't even close. Wins and losses count here, brah. Zero and, then, and zero. <laughs> and then Andrade responded, I got tired of being in a company that only talks like you. I decided to resign to demonstrate my success in the ring, Mr. Wynn. Laughing emoji, three punch emojis, enjoy your time. Uh, so he was saying that everyone talked like Omega. Right. Really? Who in WWC wins and losses count here? Because they sure as hell don't. You, if you attack the champion from behind, <laughs> then you get 92 title shots. I no, guess he's... Look. Is he trying to make the the statement that you know your promos get you over and not your in-ring ability is that what he's trying to say i have no idea what he's trying to say he makes no sense who's it what how's it make sense to say i'm going to go for the tnt title and the aw world title and that's my next step those are two steps oh i'm sorry did you say something i was scrolling down his twitter and i saw a picture of charlotte so i was looking at that. No, no, it was just dead air. <laughs> it was the best part of the show, by the way. <laughs> I, I was just looking at the Lowe's catalog. Just Listen, they got good cashiers there. You could learn a thing. No, the staff there could help me. They can help you because yeah, they, they, if they're experienced, they can help you. They, this is oh, what they, said. they said. They said, we have a very comprehensive website. You should go. Now leave me alone. Go. I'm eating my Kit Kat. You should go the next time you go to Lowe's, you should go to the cashier and go, excuse me, how long have you been working here? Okay. You know, but you know, in your non-creepy way. I, I'm, I'm gonna stop you right there. Because <laughs> the next time I go to Lowe's is probably the first time I've been to Lowe's. Not exactly a do-it-yourselfer kind of guy, okay? Not exactly, you know. Listen, I, I've been to the Home Depot actually within the last month. So I, I don't wanna like totally short shrift myself, but that was to buy like mega flashlights and like those those illuminated things that if your power goes out that you know you just step on them and it lights things uh lights up and a couple you know and you know a few other nicks and knacks but 
nothing like where I would build my own shed or something like that. No, are no, you? I, you're not making a you're not a doomsday prepper. I, I I am I I'm not even I'm I I'm not doing drywall. I'm not snaking a pipe. There there are plumbers. <laughs> I I support the hardworking men and women of America. You mean like contractors? I mean like plumbers. I mean like handymen. I mean like home licensed and reputable home improvement contractors, electricians, carpenters. Okay. The carpenters. Do you want to do you want to shout out carpenter? A do you want to, John Carpenter? John Carpenter. Yeah, I recently saw the thing again. Sure. And John Cougar Mellencamp. Yeah, and Teddy Mellencamp, uh, who <laughs> recently left the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I don't even know who the fuck that is. His daughter. She is who? a life coach. Oh. She's a, she's a, she's an accountability coach. I forgive me. Forgive me, Teddy. 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 Uh, you know what? That's a different podcast. Let me not get it. Don't go down that road right now. I'm so fascinated how you become a life coach when your, well, your, your daughter's daughter, $300 million. You have a lot of options. Yeah. But I mean, what what are you going to tell me? What type of accountability are you going to tell me? Well, she, she was a very heavy woman and she got herself into very good shape. And, and so, you know, I guess she gives them tough love and she sticks with them and they pay her a lot of money for her to Stay on them to stay in touch. Hey, did you did you watch what you're eating today? Hey, did you do your exercises yet? She's basically like a drill sergeant without being there in your face. Oh, so she's like a personal trainer then? No, it's like it's like mostly online. It's like virtual. This is bullshit. This is like this fucking rebranding nonsense. She's a personal trainer. This no, it's not. But even she that. does it through Zoom. It's no, it's not even that though. She doesn't work out with you. She might give you tips. It's less than that. It's only something that somebody famous could do. The personal trainer doesn't work out with you. Like when you go to the gym and the personal tra- the personal trainer is telling you, "Hey, fat ass, lift those fucking five pounds no, they, they, uh, but they, five more times." They they write a program for you and and things like that. Yeah, no, she doesn't do that. She says, "Did you work out yet today? Why not? What do you eat? No, I told you the egg whites. I mean, but she's not saying she's not drawing up a pro. Listen, we don't need to talk about what personal trainers <laughs> do. What Teddy Malencamp does. Everyone go hire Teddy Mellencamp, but I, I don't think that if you're listening, like you, know, you can afford it. <laughs> so it sounds like you know a lot about Teddy Mellencamp. I Have do. you been reaching out to her? No, I, I watched the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and the Real Housewives of New Jersey. Those are the last two Real Housewives shows that I watch. I used to watch them all, but things had to go. You don't watch the Potomac one? No. I just told you those are the only two that I watched. But I watched <laughs> Top Chef and I watch um million dollar listing listing Los Angeles. Do you watch? Uh, do you watch Top Model? Hello, no. designers. No. Is that the when one? Jeff Lewis flipping out is is on? Though I do watch that. Oh, very good. Yeah. And Chrisley, Chrisley's no. like right. Like I've never seen Chrisley. I mean, I know oh, who Chrisley's he is. So commercial. I, I really Chrisley. don't watch a lot of TV. Like I try a lot of TV, but I generally hate things. So. Like I'll give most shows three to five episodes, but like Domino, I didn't make it through the third episode. Done. I tried oh, wow. uh, Lily Hammer, got to episode seven. I'm like, this is stupid. The one, Lily Hammer has Stephen Van Zant in it, though. I know everyone was saying it's like The Sopranos, but funny. No, it's neither of those things. <laughs> it's like The Sopranos, if written by that woman who got hired by WWE. Oh wow, you know you're just being mean now. I'm not allowed to say her name, so I can say whatever I want. 
That's so rude. You don't even know her. Clearly, I don't know her. Why don't you ask her to follow follow on popular review and you'll get the pizza? You don't have the authority to offer the free pizza. If that was available, I would. <laughs> what authority is just ordering a pizza? What are you talking about? So are you saying right now that if I get her whose name is not to be spoken to follow on popular review, <laughs> you, get you will get me delicious free pizza? I'm going to call her, you know what, on this show? She's well, whatever pronoun she wants to be called, her, they, them, I don't care. She's going to be known as Wrestling Voldemort okay. because she's the, the, she is the person that we do not speak of. Okay. And and apparently the IWC uh, completely can't stand this person. Right. Um, so, yeah, if you get her to acknowledge you, I will buy you a pizza. Okay. Awesome. Well, anybody, if you don't know who she is by now and you want to see some actions in vain, you can follow me and you will then see who she is because this starts tomorrow. <laughs> I want to see who blocks you first. <laughs> oh, this is good. Either be way, it's all good. It's, it's all fine. It's all good. If she blocks you, I'll buy you the, you know what? I'll consider it a push. I'll buy you the pizza anyway. No, that's that's not mean? the terms. The terms are she must she must follow on popular review. I'm just gonna send you the pizza. I don't want it. I want to earn it. <laughs> so so headstrong. It will taste so much more delicious. <laughs> Let's talk about dynamite. Dynamite um, had a, a really great epic uh, MMA match. Did you see this MMA match between Wardlow and Hager? Yeah, I, I saw all the stars that uh, Dave Meltzer gave it too. Dave oh Meltzer, my God, it was so bad. Did you see that he matched it up to Rock Hogan, right? Oh, no, it, did it beat Rock Hogan in it star was, rating? I think it was the same amount of points. I, I, whatever it was, this this was crap. I mean, the best <laughs> part of the fight was the opening jab. After that, everything was terrible about it. It was so awkward. And Aubrey what? was the ref. <laughs> Maybe, listen, we don't know. Maybe she's um, licensed or sanctioned or whatever the right word is to do an MMA fight. I would say that, except they actually had an MMA licensed official there on the outside, but inside the ring was Aubrey. So that that really that really added to the credibility. I mean, it, it was terrible. I mean, it was just awkward. If you didn't, If people, if you didn't watch it, it's not that long. It's really bad. It was really awkward. I mean, I'd say don't waste your time, but you sort of have to now. But, I mean, it was probably less than six minutes from beginning to end. Why do you think it was so bad? Do you think it was, like, because both guys looked very winded after three minutes? Yeah, and and, and all of Hager's injuries from his real MMA that refused to heal, like, balloon right back up again. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was, it was just bad. It's because they were obviously trying to play fight, and, and they couldn't make it hit. I mean... They don't practice to do MMA moves except for submissions uh, and, and make them look real. Uh, Wardlow did a Superman punch. And at the end, they sort of – the only interesting part was at the end when they sort of teased a little respect. They did the fist bump at the end and sort of smiled at each other. And then, of course, uh, Spears ran in and then Jericho ran in and then MJF ran in and, you know, the heels – outnumbered them and Malenko came in and tried to stop it. There's 92 officials out there. None of them run in. They're all, they're all frozen in quicksand apparently, but Malenko walks in and, and, you know, MJF has to hit Malenko, the 
the same week that Ted DiBiase gets clocked by uh, L.A. Knight. So you got, you know, you know, a guy with Parkinson's disease and two 60 year old guys, you know, getting clocked. Now, somebody told me that the Dynamite was taped before the NXT. I, I don't know if that's correct or not. Either way, it's a, it was it was just just weird timing. And God awful. God awful as well. You know, you know, when I watch AEW, you know what I'm always at, at telling myself? I'm asking myself, I go, you know what this show needs? More factions. Mm. So we see the wingmen. The wingmen is the latest faction. They're not a new faction. I'm sorry. They, they've been around for a while. You, they you... have, but they, they got this new moniker. And now they've got a new lease on life. It's, but who is it? But Bazzoni. Bren, Brenzoni, what's this guy's name? Yeah, it's Bronzini. Um, <laughs> Brenzino. It's Dolph Jr., Bronzino, Dolph Jr. Peter Avalon, and J.D. Drake. J.D. <laughs> <laughs> who, J.D. Drake, who is, I, I swear to God, he, he looks like he's got to be Arn Anderson's illegitimate son. Yeah, and the reason I laugh when I say J.D. Drake is because the whole thing about these guys is that they're, their thing is that they're like party guys and they go out and they're like they pick up women together. And J.D. Drake just you know, he, he sort of is more in the vein of Trevor Murdoch than Rick Rude. So that's why I laugh. J.D. Drake's actually, you know, he's 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 an okay, he's a, he's a decent wrestler. He's like a throwback 1983 N.W.A. wrestler. Like he'd make sense on N.W.A. power. Um, and he's a good guy. Uh, as near as I can tell. Um, but, you know, I don't know if he's supposed to be the butt of the joke in this faction, but, like, they're all butts of the jokes, so it's hard to tell. Um, but, yeah, why are we talking so much about the wingmen? <laughs> I mean, I just realized what we're doing. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, the only thing that's that, that we should talk about is there was, like, this contrived circus move where everyone's standing around waiting and, like, the best friends line up to do, like, a a a springboard like cheerleading move where they catapult orange Cassidy over the ropes to do the tope suicida, except it was, I mean, it was just, it was like a, every cheerleading, you know, event that you've ever seen, you've seen this move where, you know, the other cheerleaders catch the person instead, you know, the wingmen caught him and all fell down, but it was, I mean, it was so contrived. It was exactly what Jr. was talking about, how he hates. And of course he's like, Oh my God, what an athletic maneuver. Yeah, I know. He should just stay silent and let Excalibur take those because it just makes no sense. Yeah, this it, this, it, this match was a Three Stooges act. For those of you that might not have seen this, like there is a significant amount of time from when the best friends hoist OC up, like and try to prepare him to hoist over the top rope and onto these guys. These guys again. AW, I don't know what who needs to work with them on this timing thing, but or, or maybe it's production. Maybe you shouldn't be showing me that all these guys are sitting or standing around waiting for Orange Cassidy to be hurled in their direction. Like it just takes you out. Their fans don't care. Their fans want to see those spots. Their fans will happily wait 45 seconds for that spot to develop. There was there was a segment, I think, right before this where Orange Cassidy delivered orange punch or whatever he calls that move to all of the wingmen in succession. But it was also slow to develop. It was literally like the three stooges who they would all line up and, you know, get wobbly legs and he'd give each one a Superman punch in slow succession. So when I said this is, this match was like a three stooges, I wasn't being facetious. It was literally like watching the three stooges. Except nobody goes. I don't know that for sure. (laughs) 
Meow. I can't. I can't rule that out. I mean, this 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 whole thing. I mean, the the two on mat two on one match with Darby Allen was boring. Um, it was a semi clever segment, but it didn't last. I mean, of course, the bad guys had to win. If they lost this, they might as well, you know, go to NWA Power after that. I mean, they they'd be done. There was a, another cartoonish skit where Omega and Jungle Boy were having an argument, and Omega, you know. Uh, tries to beat him up when Nakazawa hits him with a laptop, mean Jungle Boy from behind. But Jungle Boy recovers and like they run into a golf cart. Omega drives away. They sort of leave Nakazawa there as bait, you know, base and they and they like it's basically basically Kenny looking back, shaking his fits like Gargamel. I'll get you next time, you Smurfs. I mean, it was, <laughs> it, it, it was just it was just cartoon villain crap. This this show was terrible. It, it was truly terrible. They're already talking about Christian and and retiring, and it's Jeff. I mean, Matt Hardy. It's talking about they're like a year apart. I mean, it's it, it, it it's not even done for comedy. Like when uh, Frankie Monet said to Beth Phoenix, "I've been watching you since I'm a little girl," and they're like three years apart. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Where where else? Like Brock Anderson. I mean, who? Wow. No. 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 I mean. Not in shape, small guy. Um, wow, th this was bad. And and where's a go-go? Apparently, he's already injured. Yeah, I guess he was nursing a bunch of injuries from before. I don't know. I that's what I'm hearing. And he's blind um, in one eye. How is this possibly going to work out? Yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, Especially but, in that company where they're not exactly all crisp and clean. Like but hey, spirit. listen. Listen, uh, even uh, one-eyed cats get adopted from the shelter. So, Listen, PCO has had a very long career with one-eye. I'm just saying that it, it it's not a good start for him, and he's he's not that young a fella. So what, what else was fabulous? Oh, Lance Archer and Jake the Snake with another promo from, like, some dilapidated old barnyard or something. It's a warehouse. And, where I'm not sure it was a warehouse, but it, whatever it, looked it was, like, it looked like the same scene where you know, where like at, in Spider Man, the original Tobey Maguire Spider Man, mm -hmm, sure. after the guy steals the money after he fights Macho Man, uh -huh. and he runs off to this, he, he kills Uncle Ben and drives off, and then he's in this like abandoned warehouse by the dock, mm -hmm. and then Spider Man throws him out of the window. That's what it looked like. Cool story. Um, so, uh, so, so Lance Archer is storming around mad again. He's out of patience. Why is he out of patience? He he gets title matches. He loses them. They should be out of patience with putting him in title matches. What's he out of patience about? He should be out of patience with himself. He should have a match with himself. That's what he should do. I don't know how that'd work. I, and, I mean, nobody would want to see it. But then again, nobody's watching AEW anyway nowadays. So you were talking about Andrade earlier. So they they do they're doing the thing where he just talks and shows up for two or three weeks. Uh, so he talks to Jr. and and he says that Vicky and Andrade have a surprise coming for them. What what do you suppose that surprise is? Is Vicky supposed to be in a wrestling match with Andrade? Nyla Rose. So you, you don't think it's going to be a Selena or a Zelina? Why would because it be in an intergender match? I don't. Well, it's it. inter well, Vicky is what 
60. I mean, and who's, she, she couldn't wrestle when she was 45. Who's the intergender match with, though? I don't remember. I mean, it could be Zelina. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it could be Thea. It could also be Selena. She's been closing up all of her own stuff really quickly, and you know, next week sounds about right. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to be really underwhelming. It's probably going to be Phoenix. <laughs> it'll probably be Phoenix. It'll, it'll be. It'll be drawn. It'll be, you know what? Fuck it. It'll be Pac because why not? Just Pac's Pac's teamed up with the other Latinos on the show. Why not? Well, it's supposed to be a woman. Do you think it'll Adam Cole will shave and pretend it's Edema? <laughs> no, I think it's gonna be Pac. It's just gonna be Pac. Okay. And instead I'm of an ugly woman. woman. Exactly. They're just gonna be, instead of the bastard, they call him the bitch. I'm the <laughs> I'm the loveliest woman in Cornwall. What are you talking about? I'm ugly. Yeah. How dare you? That gimmick. Why mm-hmm. not? Okay. Should we talk about how Hangman Adam Page, the big breakout star, is still playing the drunk with the Dark Order and cheering Uno's loss? He should be giving a negative Uno uh, life advice. Yeah, that's true. All right. I now, want, you know, I, I oh, got you know thing. what? It's not Andrade and Vicky in a mix, in a in a intergender match. I'm sorry. It's Doctor Britt Baker and Reba, not Rebel, against Nyla Rose and Vicky on the June thirtieth show. I can see why, you know, Andrade and Nyla look alike. No, they don't. Well, it's, it's Vicky is the common denominator there. And I, I mean, I would hope that the surprise is someone that's going to wrestle that's not Vicky. <laughs> but maybe not. You're right. It's two different segments. I'm telling you, it's Puck. And she's um, a face in one and a heel in the other. You know who it is? This is a perfect segue to what I want to talk about next. Mm-hmm. You know who I think it is? It's probably somebody that's really good in costume. It's going to be Joey Janela. Oh, Joey Janela. Okay, well, he's had a good week. Why don't you take this one? That's right. So Joey Janela, if you haven't heard, he likes to, uh, you know, stir shit up. And he apparently dressed up out of nowhere as, I I guess he put on like a flannel shirt, uh, some blue jeans, and a hat, like a red hat. I don't think it was a MAGA hat, but he was trying to be like one of these MAGA guys and sunglasses. He put his hair in a ponytail, and he showed up at some, like, local... It was um, the Seminole County School Board. Thank you. And they were having a meeting about the kids wearing masks? Or... Yeah, but he, he showed up with Drake Wirtz. No, he didn't show up with Drake Wirtz. I think he knew Drake Wirtz was going to be there. and they were that and together. I think because he went up to Drake Wirtz and took a picture with him, and I don't think Drake Wirtz knew that that was him. Yeah, well, that's possible. So Janella remains in character. Listen, this is this is when when you believe that kayfabe is alive. He's mm-hmm. this character, and he stays in character the entire time. So much so that in the middle of the 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 board meeting, he starts shouting out like, you know, unmask our kids or some nonsense like that. And then they ask him to leave, and he's like, "This is nonsense. I'm leaving." This is ridiculous. I'm not standing for any of this. And he just storms out. So much so that he did such a great job that they put him on the local news because of his outburst. It's the most over he's been in years since Enzo almost beat him up at a concert. I know. I want to say, like, this has gained a lot of favor with me. Like, 
I'm a big fan of Janela now because he's done this nonsense. I have to say that I have a fairly long time feud with Janela going back to uh, StarCast. Um, and he knows who I am because he always goes, how's your wife? Um, oh, that's fucked up. Yeah. Um, so I, I said, I should, you know, she's, she's doing great. How's Penelope? Oops. How's Brownie? Oops. Oh, now, now I see why they, they uh, dumped you. And, and he's like, ah, on to the next, LOL. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? That's the spirit. <laughs> that's not spirit. It's a, that's the spirit. I mean, I can't be mad anymore. I mean, you know, it, it, it's run its car. It, it, the fever broke. It's like, okay. He was something like, he was something like, he's like, I've been in cuck relationships before. I'm like, and then he's like, on to the next, LOL. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe he's all right. <laughs> all right. So, Listen, what do you think? Of, it's the main thing is that the, the sure that La Sicaria is a mail order bride, which which is very offensive to her. But but on another level, it's it's a recognition that she's much too beautiful to be with me, and that he thinks that I'm rich, rich enough to import a, a spouse. So, I mean, it, you know, you could look at it as two separate and distinct compliments, which I choose to do now. We're learning so much about you on this episode. Uh, where you buy your T-shirts. <laughs> or how you get them well, where i try uh, to buy my t-shirts <laughs> and, you, and you get bartenders to throw shirts at you that was in the 90s and uh and uh joey janela's ragging on you uh and you're I, I rag on him too i mean it, it it's been a it's it's been a pretty even back and forth you guys should just get married maybe we will all right. Maybe we'll start going to school boards throughout the counties of Florida. We'll do a little tour of it. I think you should you should counter him. You just should go to the next school board meeting and be like, Janela, this is how it's done, you fucking amateur. That's fine. We can we can do that. We can keep one up in each other. But it'll be like <laughs> you know how some like you know tandems like of best friends or like fathers and sons like go to every minor league stadium. Yeah. Like me and Janela will go to every school board meeting in Florida. Oh, nice. That sounds like a fun time. That it sounds like a another a new Borat movie. It, it would be so fun, like if like the lunch lady like picked me up by my ear and threw me out. <laughs> lunch lady Doris. Just just Get like just here. like when I was actually in school. <laughs> She's gonna call you a hoodlum. Get out of here, you hoodlum. Thug. You thug. Yeah. Um, I I have no other AEW news to report. I have minor stuff. I mean, they, 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 you know, there's that. There were some botches with AEW, and there's a you know a botchamania site or AEW botches has a Twitter handle which pushes that, and and apparently some AEW fans like found out the person's real name and doxed him, but also like went after his wife, which is very uncool. And like so then weird. the and then the AEW apologists were saying, no, it was some high level people in AEW that had his site taken out. No, it wasn't. I mean. There were there was some sort of DMCA that was issued later, but it was the fans who were doxing. So it's, it's not like their legal departments doxed the guy. They they issued a takedown notice, uh, which yeah. which his site was restored uh, uh, 24 hours later, as it should be because it's parody. Um, we've talked about fair use before, but you no, know, those were the, those were their fans going too far as usual, just over a botch that everybody saw. And, you know, it's not like they did the same thing uh, when they were publishing the ones, rightly, of Charlotte botching with Rhea at Hell in the Cell, which was ridiculous. So there's that. 
Um, other AEW stuff, it's sort of AEW related. I was wrong. Serena Deep has appeared on NWA TV, um, but I was sort of right because she's always wearing the same clothes, which means that she taped this beforehand. So I'm sure whenever these tapings are done, we'll never see her again. So I amend what I said. Anjanella, didn't you indicate that there was something going on with him with, with GCW? No, I didn't okay. say that. That wasn't me. That wasn't you? No. Okay. You mean it was a different, uh, devilishly handsome guy? No. I think Janela, no, not in GCW. That's fine. That's all right. All right. I mean, it's real quick. They uh, trended up, as you like to say, to 552,000 in their third week in the Friday night slot. Dark and elevation, though, continue to languish. This week, dark, 182,000. A week ago, 264. And two weeks ago, 348. All low. Uh, elevation this week, very low, 230 this week, last week, 297, and two weeks ago, 317. Now, I think people might remember last week when I reported on the uh, three shows ago or two weeks ago uh, that it was either 385 or 485, which was low either way, but I think it was 385. Well, this is 70,000 less than that. So elevation and dark continue to sort of, well, wrestling generally is oversaturated, but but they're really hurting um in viewers it, it's going down 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 aew can't keep their viewers yeah the, the interesting things will be to see how they do on saturday and then to see what happens when they go back to wednesday you know if, if they've found a new normal which is in the 550s which would suck for them and really for the whole wrestling industry um or if they you know retake their normal audience which was you know whatever whatever it was between 800 and you know 900 or 950,000 anywhere between 750 and 950 you know we'll see we will see i don't know i don't i think it's gonna be tough to get all those people back i think so too especially with three dogs in a row yeah and people are now going outside you know i think it's gonna be tough could be um what else well, we have Hell in the Cell and WWE. What did you think of Hell in the Cell? Uh, I didn't think it was that good. I mean, I liked the main event. Uh, I didn't like the roll-up end. I think they could have had everything the same with a with a and ended it with a hurt lock. Um, I thought that the Bailey Bianca match was pretty good. I didn't think it was great, mm-hmm. but I thought it was pretty good. I thought the pre-show match was garbage. I don't know why the face won in that case. I mean, I would understand if it's in front of a crowd, so you get a little baby face pop, but the match itself was awkward, and the only purpose would be for, you know, the non-champion to win so that you think that the tag team of Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke can beat Tamina and and Natalia. I call them blonde ambition, and and they are acting a bit more heelish, Um, but that didn't happen, so that was really dopey. But the other matches, they, they just weren't good. Um, you know, unless you count the SmackDown match, which was a Hell in a Cell match, which which was good. Um, which, by the way, SmackDown broke a million again. And I'm sure that's in large part because they advertised and promoted that big match well in advance. And there was a story that USA was furious um, that Fox got that. So WWE gave a Hell in a Cell match on Raw 
but they mm -hmm. didn't promote it. There was no advance notice. You found out in the opening segment of Raw. Well, it's too late then. Um, and so they didn't do anything better. Um, but, you know, that's related to a story where both USA and Fox wants more theme shows, more more shows tied into other events like um, the Olympics or car racing or other sports and other programs. Um, so they've been talking about like tournaments and, and you know, all sorts of, you know, listen, anything that's more creative or, or forces WWE out of its comfort zone, which I would call a discomfort zone, I think is a good thing. Um, yeah. We did a review for unpopular review of the Monday Night Raw episode, and we're going to actually drop the audio version of that as our podcast. A bonus um, podcast this week. A bonus podcast. That's right. A good. bonus episode. So then we don't need to talk about Raw anymore because you'll hear a whole lot about Raw. Uh, we also talked about other things, but Raw. The, one, the, the one thing that we <laughs> happened to miss on Raw was, on that Raw review was Jackson Riker is challenging Elias to a strap match. Any thoughts on that? Because, again, more gimmick matches, the better, right? Yeah, but we talked about this on the show that we're going to drop. I'll say this since you brought it up. This stipulation makes sense, and and I complain all the time about AEW stipulations not making sense or being the wrong person asking for the stipulation. This makes sense. Elias has had betrayed Riker. He's been a thorn in his side, and he they've had two matches together, and Elias walks out and gets counted out both times. So it makes sense that Riker wants to make it so that Elias can escape. So put him in a strap. Makes sense. Do I care so much about Elias and Riker? No, but... Am I sort of interested in this? Is this the most interested I could be about Riker versus Elias? Yeah, probably. And God knows we don't need another cage match, so I'm all for it. I had more issues with the New Day and Toast, but I don't want to spoil the, our bonus show. But I thought that strap matches were designed for Cowboys and Puerto Ricans. <laughs> wow. Um, no, you you got that part right. It's for, it's for um, Puerto Rican Jackson Cowboys. It's well, it's either a Cowboys, right? So that's Dustin no, no. Reynolds, no, only Puerto sense. Rican Cowboys, and Savio Vega. He's the king of the strap match. So, who else? You're if you're not if you're not Savio Vega and you're not Dustin Reynolds, what business do you have in a strap match? <laughs> I, you're gonna have to finish up this on your own. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not playing. <laughs> I know you don't have any answer. I don't have any answer. I mean, you could say any roads. You could say Manny Fernandez. Is is that Cody's new baby? No, Manny Fernandez was the raging bull. He was a, a rival and Dusty's tag team partner. They held the NWA tag team championships. Oh, was he? Uh, did he have a feud with Savio Vega? I'm not even sure Savio Vega was born yet. Oh Jesus. No, come on. Savio Vega was probably still around. Yeah, no, no. He was probably like 11. I feel like this guy, that guy is like ageless. Like he's just like, apparently he's like the Bartolo Colon of wrestling. He's just still going. Savio Vega? Yeah. I don't think he's as old as you think he is. I mean, he's he's probably five years older than The Rock, who's 49. Yeah, I mean, but 55 is pretty Not heavy for, re for wrestling. No, you don't think so? I mean, Sting is 62. Look what he's doing. I mean, the biggest star in this promotion. No, Orange Cassidy's a draw, oh, right? No. <laughs> All righty. What else we got? 
Hell in a Cell, I, I, I didn't. I mean, it's again nothing. I feel like Hell in a Cell has lost its luster. Like I remember when it used to be such a big thing and a big deal, and now like, meh. Well, they, they, you can't have one to three week stories for Hell in a Cell. Hell in a Cell is supposed to be the the final chapter in a, in a grudge match, and mm-hmm. they didn't do that, so they're they're diminishing the value of it. By the way, folks, on the bonus episode, you will hear plenty about Nikki Cross and her superhero gimmick. You will hear plenty about Ava Marie and, oh, yes. and Dewdrop. So don't think that we're skipping that. You're going to hear plenty about Alexa Bliss and how awesome she is. So believe me, it's it's you're going to want to listen to that show. Um, so we're not going to cover it now because it would just be redundant uh, and you'd be hearing the same voices, however melodious we may be. Um that's right. And just just for the record, I don't know if anybody read this, but there was an errant posting of an Urban Dictionary. You know, an Urban Dictionary is like Wikipedia. Anybody can go in and edit it. Apparently, somebody wrote somebody wrote that Dewdrop is um, slang for um, a woman attracted to other women. Yeah, yeah. And come to find out, that was erroneous. And Urban Dictionary took it down later. So don't believe everything you read. Yeah. Um, And also there was that report that Ava Marie was moved to the alumni section, which was also false. That's right. Um, But she she debunked that herself. That's cool. I think she's doing a great job as a heel. She is. She's terrific. Um, We'll see. Uh, NWA, Thunder Rosa plays a heel in NWA. She's been doing so for a few weeks. I have not heard a single AEW fan or anyone who covers AEW even mention it. That, that Thunder Rosa is a face in AEW and she's a heel in NWA. I would think that would be something that might come up. Yeah, why Why isn't more people flipping out about that? Like three weeks ago, I saw, I, I talked about it. We talked about it about the pay-per-view and I said, her and Melina were acting sort of healy, but the faces were also acting sort of healy, so it really wasn't clear. But, it, you know, in, in the ensuing two weeks, I gave it another week because I wanted to hear if anyone else would say it, and we don't really talk about NWA, but this week it was clear as can be that Thunder Rosa was absolutely the heel, though she's having sort of like a, a, a sub-heel rivalry with Melina as well, which is what they've always done in NWA, which has been sort of irritating. Um but like Deeb, who is the outsider, who is contracted with AEW, is sort of positioned as the face. By the way, Serena Deeb, her her promos are terrible, and in front of a live crowd, like she's she's like too responsive to them, but in a bad way. Like it distracts her from what she's trying to say, so she she finds herself looking at those two hundred people, nodding, going, "Oh yeah, for sure, for sure." And then she forgets what she was going to say, so she says it again. NWA Thunder is. I'm sorry if anyone from NWA is listening. I. I've said this to your faces in tweets. You know, that's the, the best I can do. It's just not good. I mean, and you're trying. I know. Well, I think you are. I, but I, I, it's just not good. I mean, and even, no, it's just not good. Next week, all you should this do isn't a re- good anymore. Next week, you should do a review of trying to buy an NWA shirt. <laughs> okay, good idea. I should. Um, You're right. You know. You know what? Because uh, I mean, at this rate, they won't be bought. They'll just go out of business. Oof. 
Now let me hold on with them. So. Before we, we close out everything in WWE, I have one thing to mention, and that's Peyton Royce was on a podcast. I don't think we've talked about this previously, so why not on a slow news week? Peyton Royce, um, on her podcast with Billy Kay, or the artist formerly known as Billy Kay. Well, they applied for a trademark for like the something, the first some some stupid team that's got two eyes at the front of it. Okay. Like the Illuminescence or something. Oh. And on the podcast, she Peyton Royce mentions the story about how she thinks she knows why she got fired. And it was because I guess a week or two before Vince called her into the office and he asked her, do you have any ideas for me? And she's like, I was nervous. I was caught off guard. I didn't know that he was going to, you know, call me into the office and start asking me about what do I want to do? So I was honest and I told him, I got nothing for you, boss. And then he said, well, what do you like to do on your time off? And she's like, again, I didn't have anything better prepared. So I said, nothing. I just sit on my couch and watch TV. And Vince just... Sean Spears, how cool do you think I am? And Vince just stared at her. And I think that was the end of the meeting. Whatever. It, it could also be the previous three years where she sucked. I mean, so... <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's. That, I'm sure that didn't help anything. Do you think I mean, that she should have been prepared with a like an idea uh, for some sort of creative? Like, I would love to be a superhero, Vince. Uh, for the last thirty years, all I've heard is that people die to get some face time with Vince McMahon to pitch their ideas. So, yes, if you are a professional wrestler in the WWE or any company, you should always be prepared to have ideas. And if nothing else, she should have yelled. Ruthless ag- aggression, pretended she was Trish Stratus, and went down on him. Do you think that in a meeting like that... Did I just Peyton, say that on the air? You did. Well, do we're not the that, media, so it doesn't matter. Do you think... Do you think... Uh, <laughs> it made me lose my train of thought. She, she, she said, well, yeah, I know why. She should have she yelled ruthless aggression. I mean, at least do that. <laughs> when... <laughs> Just yells in an Australian accent. She just yells ruthless aggression at Vince and then walks out. Ruthless aggression. It's about time you talk to me. I've got ruthless aggression. I'm so pissed off. I'm not even talking to you anymore. He would love that. Does she she like flip over a plant like (laughs) as she storms out? Yeah, she should flip the fuck over a plant. Wow. Um, do you think that uh, when Peyton goes into the meeting like this, should she, should she, should she know this? Silver dust. <laughs> she should have. Or she, why? Why not come up with like you? You know he's got that giant T Rex face bones in his office. Why not fucking steal a dinosaur gimmick for? But for a lady wrestler, why not do that? <laughs> Just fucking spit something out real quick. Just look around the room and be like, I'd like to be a wrestling dinosaur, Vince. And he's like, I love it. Let's book it. I think she should have said, oh, I'm sorry. I think you have me confused with someone else. I'm Britt Baker, Adam Cole's girlfriend. Who do you want to say? Oh, I'll I'll send her. (laughs) Oh, my God. 
Do you think when Peyton goes in, I'm going to try this for a third time. Do you think when Peyton goes into the office with Vince, she should know Bobby Lashley's name? Yes. <laughs> okay. Everybody should know Bobby Lashley's name. Well, this is this is true. Bobby Smashley. Bobby Smashley. Um. All right. That's all I've got. What do you got? WWE. The, the their talks with New Japan Pro Wrestling apparently have gone cold. So that's the last piece of news on WWE. Well, that's not entirely so. Uh, Edge versus Seth Rollins is rumored to be uh, on the SummerSlam agenda. If if Tony Khan knows that the brand of WWE amongst his fans is trash, right? Mm-hmm. What would stop him from planting a fake story about WWE being in cahoots with New Japan only to get himself over and say, I'm the one with the relationship. I'm the one that had Kenta job to John Moxley. I'm the one that got Nagata to job out to some other guy. We've got a great relationship. They so just they never had a, a Kenta of match on AW television. So let's be clear about that. Uh, what, does anyone listen to Tony Khan anymore? And and I, your the cultists do. Your your first statement was if Tony Khan knows his fan base is trash. I don't think Tony Khan's think that. I think he thinks his fan base fan base is no awesome. no no no. What I was saying is Tony Khan knows that his fan base believes WWE's brand is trash. Oh, uh, okay. So why not conflate WWE and then only to put himself over? I I don't know. I have nothing. See, to you're add. not thinking like a diabolical. I thought you were evil. I am. This doesn't sound like it's it's not all that interesting. It it's sounds very, it sounds it's very evil. convoluted. It sounds I mean, evil to me. He's been talking about since November about the forbidden door being broken and having a relationship with New Japan. This wouldn't be anything new. And everyone's seen that New Japan has more of a relationship with Impact than they do with AEW. So, I mean, I'm sure a bunch of doofuses will still believe it. I mean, it's been eight months and they've gotten basically nothing, but they'll still believe it. The door's open. The door's open. Where's the door going? it's a closet it just goes you walk into a wall you walk into a wall and then like all these wire hangers with coats that are too heavy with mothballs fall down on you oh shit and all the clothes have like the wire hanger like uh uh like like they look all like fucked up on the shoulders because of the yeah. wire hangers yes and they're they, they all like like they're like like from the 1950s and 1980s with like big shoulders and like the heavy tweed prints, you know, <laughs> like it's all like from Wall Street, but Wall Street, like 1984 Wall Street, not Wall Street like now. I would like to talk a little bit about NXT this week. Okay. Because NXT is getting in some ways better in that they have more segments and more items and more storylines on TV. But at the same time, they're falling into some of the same traps as the main roster. For example, we can't have a single week without the way having at least three or four segments on TV. Unnecessary. They're having shitty buildups to pay-per-views or major shows. So they're still building the great American bash after just doing takeover. And they did a pretty piss poor job of building up, both of those shows, but this one is even worse. Uh, 
they're also doing, I don't know, like, like NXT, you, you never had parts of a story where they emphasize something and it meant nothing. So what am I talking about this week? They had this in- interview with Zoe Stark talking about, you know, how she never thought she'd be Io Shirai's tag team partner, but, you know, she respects her and, you know, that was her first match, blah, blah, blah. And then Io comes out almost like he'll saying, I don't like you, but I respect you. And Zoe Stark's like, well, that's good enough. But like that led to nothing. So either it was nothing or Zoe Stark and Io Shirai are going to be a mismatched tag team that's going to continue into the future. And that story is going to go somewhere. But it was weird because they could have had a lead to something because the Wayettes came out and they were sort of taunting them. And Io Shirai was spending a lot of time looking at the Wayettes because Candice and Indy attacked her last week. So the story, as I thought, would have been that Io would have gotten into it with the Wayettes and Zoe Stark would have been double teamed by the Robert Stone brand. Maybe Frankie Monet got involved because she's trying to undermine Robert Stone. And the Robert Stone brand, surprise, surprise, gets a win because it was Zoe Stark alone against two or maybe in my scenario, even four if you count Stone. Um, and then Zoe Stark is mad at EO about that. And then you sort of have like a mini feud for that. But no, it was it, it was nothing. So sort of like weird stuff like that. But here's the big thing. They've been having surprises that have been fizzles. Like like Max Seidel, the Super Smash Brothers, who now people know as the Dark Order, the Butcher, the Bunny, and the Blade, Leo Rush is the, the 21st entry, like the exploding barbed wire death match, which was a fizzle. So they have Mercedes Martinez all son in a, in a mixed gender match without a partner, and it turns out to be Jake Atlas. Whoa, wow, that, that was really earth shattering. You have someone coming out to be Adam Cole's opponent. It's uh, Carmelo Hayes. Good good wrestler, good talents, not a bad match, but not exactly exciting. Not exactly something that, that you go, wow, you got Cole and somebody. This is going to be a hot match. I want to tune into NXT this week. And worst, and my final point, I promise you, because I know that this is probably killing you, is... They finally introduced the diamond mine after all of this. And people say mine. No, it's mine, like a diamond mine, M-I-N-E. The diamond mind. No, mine. Like Professor X. No, it's not mine. It's mine. Mine. My, oh, oh, I got you. Mine. Like, like mine for, yes, mine. Like, like, like mom and like, dad. Like the shitty clowns yes, <laughs> that are stuck in boxes. Okay. Yes, like French people with black and white shirts and scarves. <laughs> um, trapped in invisible boxes. No, so it's... Roderick Strong, who people were telling me for months was going up to the main roster or thought he really quit, which, I mean, who cares either way, but the main roster is that. Um, <laughs> it's Tyler Rust, who you'll remember when they first started talking about this thing, when we were like, who do you say, who do you think it is? I'm like, well, remember, Malcolm Bivens calls him the diamond in the rust. But I didn't mean it. I, I thought that that was like, that was too lame. I, I think I even used those words. That's too lame to be what happens. Um, so I'm not even going to call that a prediction. That was just, that was just like, like a smarmy comment. That was, and then, and then there was, well, Malcolm Bivens also. And then there was another guy. They never identified him. I have no idea who it was. So it was like this giant fizzle. And they're also dressed like retribution was dressed when they were first there. I mean, it was, it was just all stupid. It was just dumb. It was, it was, it was a bunch of nonsense. Um, so wasn't the other guy Hideki Suzuki or something like that? I have no idea who it was. I thought Hideki Suzuki was a, a baseball player. 
That's Matsui. Whatever. I, I don't know who Hideki Suzuki is. Who's Hideki would you, Suzuki? Would you know him? I mean, obviously he's... Uh, Good job. I mean... I don't know. I, I, I mean, like, he doesn't sound any more familiar than Yugi Nagata did. And Yugi Nagata was on uh, Nitro all those years ago with Sonny Ono. Yeah. So the Diamond Mine was really a lump of coal. Oof. I, th- I thought it was uh, pretty creative. I mean, they're giving something for Roderick to do. It's good. It sucks. Bivin, they're giving Bivin something to do. That's great. Any faction which is highlighted by Roderick Strong as their anchor is a bad thing. Oh, wow. You're not a big fan of Roderick Strong? What gave you the impression otherwise? I don't know. I don't know. You seem to be... So far, I've learned in this episode, you are not a big fan of Alicia Toot. Uh, Entry-level uh, positions. <laughs> and <laughs> Your analogies. Uh, my analogies. And um, Hideki Suzuki. Oh, and Roderick Strong. Yeah, I don't know who Hideki Suzuki is, but at least say his name. So go, oh my God, that's Hideki Suzuki. I mean, okay. Oh, but it works for AW when AW does it. Uh, it didn't. Like, <laughs> it they do. Didn't. It's like, oh my god, what's this guy? Nagata is here. Oh my god, uh, who gives a fuck? <laughs> no, but I mean, it didn't work with the Butcher, the Bunny, and the Blade, or the Super Smash Brothers. I mean, you have you have <laughs> abject silence. Matt Seidel comes in as this anyway. It doesn't matter. Oh it, my it, god, it's Matt Seidel. Oh, he just fell on his head. So in other <laughs> NXT news. Uh, sort of. Karrion Cross and Bronson Reed had matches both uh, that, that, that will never air on SmackDown, but they had to match with uh, Rude and um, Ziggler, separate matches, singles matches, mm-hmm. uh, sort of like trying out. And then they had matches on um, main event, I think, with Shelton Benjamin and Drew Gulak. Uh, again, singles matches. So I don't know if they're trying out. And all I've got to say is I hope that they were well-received because, thank God, put those those big guys on NXT just don't work. It just, it just looks too ridiculous at this point. Loomis is about, you know, Loomis in theory is about as big as they can be without looking ridiculous on NXT. I, I won't say the same thing about top dollar because that faction works. So for them to have that giant thumper, you know, sort of makes sense, but it's just got to be short. So this is, this ties into my disappointment with diamond mine because you have other guys there. Like I was hoping Ridge Holland was coming back, but maybe it'll be Rick Steiner's kid and maybe it'd be Parker Boudreaux and Arturo Ruiz, who isn't that big a guy, but is a legit fighter. But the other two guys mm-hmm. are big. And, you know, Cal Bloom is a real big guy. That you have, you would have a faction of these big guys, and you'd have more big people on NXT. So the existing handful of big people don't look so ridiculous, and they don't have to sell all the time for Johnny Gargano's. They can sell for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I, I just, I just found but they that- can't sell for each other if they're all in the same faction. No, 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 I mean that like Karrion Cross could sell for a Parker Boudreaux or oh, Bronson sure, Reed sure. could sell for a Cal Bloom or or Brockenmeister or, or I, I don't know, I don't know, Brockensteiner. Um, anyway, um, I don't know what it meant. And there was a whole lot of hubbub made that Karrion Cross didn't get his, you know, smoke and scarlet entrance. He just got sort of a, a vanilla entrance. I don't mm-hmm. think that means anything. I just don't think that they brought all the equipment to wherever they tape main event. They they left it at the performance center. They know nobody's watching main event. It, it wasn't about 
the the entrance there's no there was no crowd it was just seeing how he would do you know uh you know on the you know on that screen with with the main roster talent but i don't know what this means but it's, it's i saw the video of his entrance apparently it already leaked on youtube yeah, or i think wwe about. released it but he still looks like he's a big deal mm-hmm. and uh yeah I, i'm just I'm just not sure what it means, but it does preserve my dream of Bronson becoming the thumper for the Roman Empire. So anything that gives oh. me anything, I'm like an AEW fan with the New Japan thing. You just give me like a little a little piece of bait and I'll, I'll just keep following that. <laughs> just give you a morsel and you're, you're content? I did predict the diamond in, in the rust. So, hey. Um, <laughs> you did good job. Good yeah. job. I should have I should have said that more than once, I think. Um, and we still have this battery charging in increments of 10s. I think it's up to 51%. So I, I, I don't know what that's all about. I guess it's going to get to 101%. Is there anyone who's got 101% as their gimmick? Mojo Raleigh. Okay. Well, he's in, he's in the G.I. Joe movie. He's in Snake Eyes. So uh, Braun Strowman, if you're listening, I mean, Adam Scher. <laughs> if if Mojo can get a job in, in that universe... What? What role is he playing in this in this movie? Is he like the ice cream salesman? Like what what is he doing? Big thug who gets beat up by snake eyes, I guess. I, I don't know. What's the difference? <laughs> this is what's the difference? It's it's a role in a big budget Hollywood movie that will lead to other roles in Hollywood movies and action things. Exactly what I think that Braun should do. And you know, and, and good go. Go do it. Do you think go. he do you think he can get into SAG just on this one movie? You have to have three uh, on-screen credits, but I'm sure if you got this movie, he probably got enough other little bit parts or a commercial or something, then can probably do SAG. Yeah, sure. Mm. All right. Anything else? Uh, I like the interplay between Top Dollar and Bronson Reed, where he said, "He said you you call everyone's colossal until there's Colossus in front of you," and then he says, "And you're not even from North America." I sort of like that, but. Uh, it was a dopey scene with Ever Eyes. I don't know. Um, no, not uh, well. Yes, uh, I mean, despite the, no. the the fizzle of Diamond Mine, I liked how that was orchestrated. How you had Cole, who earlier in the night said he was leaving. You know, Joe has an order. You know, you don't need to worry about me. I'm leaving. And then later on, he ran in on Kyle O'Reilly, and they were fighting forever, fighting forever. And all the security came out and they kept brawling and Joe came out to maintain order. And they let you see that they were leading them outside. So all the security and the enforcer were gone. And that's when Diamond Mine came in. So they orchestrated it really well. I mean, the way they did chaos and a bunch of factions was much better. Like AEW should take notes on that because they've got people bumping into each other and Sting just standing there <laughs> doing nothing while the heel's running right by him and, and stuff like that. So they should take notes on that. But then it was Diamond Mine. Then it was Roderick the Strong, and Tyler Russ, and apparently Hideki Matsui or Hideki Suzuki. Moment chance. Moment chance. Uh, <laughs> I, I, don't I, I don't know. I don't know it, either. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, and nor should you. I mean, somebody told somebody told me that they think I'm stuttering when I do that. Well, it's better than the other thing that you told me that somebody thought about you. So hey. Um, well, didn't you tell, Go did ahead. you tell me that I was I somebody's like I don't like that Steve, but he grows on you after a while. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> All right, there, Sling Blade. <laughs> exactly. I'm Jay All right. Wayne. That's it. Yeah. So, a little bit of news. Um, Raw did 1.71, not very good. NXT 665, so trending down, um, womp, which womp. is actually its lowest of four weeks, but fairly consistent with the 668, 669. Joe gave them a 30,000 one time spike. Women of Honor, nine point well, ninety six hundred this week, fifteen thousand last week, but that's because Angelina Love. Um, no, actually, this week nine point six, which is actually high for one week, but that's because Angelina Love was on fifteen thousand last week. I'm not really sure what that was. I think it's because of Roxy and people like her, uh, because two weeks ago it's still only eleven thousand with you know sort of two lesser known women wrestling talents um, in in their ongoing ticket to gold thing. Tony Storm announced that she was bisexual. Whatever. Great. Good for her. I mean, I, I, I'm surprised these things are still news. Paul Orndorff's Sort of a Strange Son released a terrible video showing how bad a health he's in. And Orndorff really is incapacitated. Can't really speak for himself. And I think his agent or someone said, Paul wouldn't want you to see that. And people are crapping on the son. And some people are defending him. I don't. I don't know enough about this family situation to, to pick a side. I'm just sad to see Mr. Wonderful looking like that. And I didn't want to see that. It um, is. Can I go back to Tony Storm for a second? Yeah, sure. Isn't it a, like really disappointing that like Tony Storm drops this information and she just doesn't prove, provide any proof. Like I'd like to see some sort of pictures or a video perhaps of, you know, proof. <laughs> well, why don't you f- see if she'll follow you on Twitter and I'll buy you a pizza? Mm. All right. I'd follow oh, her. Shit, we'll see but does she follow you? Other sort of interesting news that turned out to be a non-story, but I think there's actually something to it. I just don't know what, the, what it is. But Michael Elgin apparently was missing. <laughs> Enough that a promotion that I get, guess was expecting to have heard from him. Didn't hear from him long enough that they actually went on Twitter and said, if anyone knows where his whereabouts are, to please tell him that we're looking for him or people are looking for him. And it turned out he was fine. Uh, why he went off the grid, I don't know. <laughs> What's the backstory? I don't know. He's had sort of a weirdo, sort of checkered, semi-controversial past Anyway, so I don't know if this is just him being a weirdo or if there's something wrong or, you know, if he got into a fight with his wife. I don't know if he has a wife and, and, and just wanted to be left alone. But it's weird, but there's been no follow-up news. So, yes. I have nothing else to add. I, I don't either. So, yeah. that Are we going to end on, like, that that sad story? Like, shouldn't you <laughs> I wish you would have saved the TV, the TV, the uh, T-shirt story for the end? Well, you're the editor, so you can you can move things around. Oh, I could, but I mean, I feel it would be difficult to splice that all together. I'm feeling lazy. Okay, then listen, maybe people will take us more seriously. We don't want that. No, we don't want that. Please, come on now. The people don't need to think that this is. Hey, dudes! Hard. If you want to meet us, uh, come to the AW show in Queens. Uh, you can check us out. Why there you, you go. Plug, why you plug some stuff? That 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 will end things on a happy note. There you go. Um, 
I'll plug my Twitter. How about that? Come find me on Twitter. Um, you can find me at, at Big Daddy Cool. Come talk to me. Come chat me up about wrestling. Sometimes I'll drop my thoughts on wrestling there. Sometimes I'll tweet about the Mets and what they're doing or anything else in baseball. I love baseball. Um, and uh, what about you, Jeff? Jeff, you can find it at IcarusFellMD or didn't you just create a Twitter handle for Evil Dose? Shh, that's not me. Nonsense. It's not me. No, it's it's IcarusFellMD. Um, you can also find both of us on our popular review on a variety of shows and you'll, you'll, you're going to get the audio version of the Raw Review Show, which by the way, we, we're not usually... Uh, partners on that show um but uh, we were this week and it was an excellent show excellently uh, it was received it's doing great numbers a show material there um and my other podcast is garden of doom check that out and listen i don't want to ruin anything but i'm going to have a wrestling related surprise on garden of doom soon so check that out even if you're not uh into the walk wacky and wondrous meanderings of my mind. Um, but just some examples of some shows coming up. I've had a guy talking about Cyber Satan and the New World Order, not the wrestling one. I'm going to have, I have a Mexican Orthodox rabbi from Israel talking about Kabbalah. Um, so, uh, and also we period- periodically review the 1970 show Land of the Lost, about seven episodes of the clip. So, that, that's just sort of some of the, the wacky variety that you can get a, in Garden of Doom. I also booked the the lead detective who arrested the son of Sam, David Berkowitz. So uh, I'm going to get him uh, on the show as well. So things to look forward to. I had Cliff Dunning from Earth Ancients on recently. So all sorts of cool stuff going on there. Very good. How'd that Earth Ancients episode go? I thought it was great. I, I thought it was really good. We covered a lot of things that, that Cliff's show covered. So it was Clift notes with Cliff on on Earth Ancients, but his show covers a lot of ground that that uh, mine does. But like the publicists who send me the books and say that the authors can't make it, those authors go on his show and they go on more than once. I just get sent a copy of the book, which actually I'm actually sort of impressed. I, I get sent the book, so <laughs> I take that as a small victory. Um, Would you prefer the book or the audio book? Because I know you like to listen to podcasts at like one point five speed. Um, of of these nonfiction books, the audiobook of a fiction book, I can't do it. Really? What's yeah. the distinction? I don't know. I I really like to sink my teeth into fiction. Like I don't I don't I don't generally read beach books. Like if I haven't read in a while, like I'll start with like a like an easy read book. But like to me, that's like Dan Brown or Steve yeah. Barry or James Rollins. Yeah. I I I read like Neil Stevenson and William Gibson and uh, Frederick Forsyth. I, I need things I can sink my teeth into. Oh, Edward okay. Rutherford, James Mishner. I'm 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 an intellect, but oh, I'm a lazy intellect. So I, I don't like to read at all these days. Like I just bought a bunch of Marvel graphic novels, and they're just they're just they're not collecting dust because I have papers over them, but they're they're not being read either. Oh, what did you pick up? Well, I got civil, all the Civil War books, but I have an excuse for that one because the first one hasn't come yet. That's on back order. I got House of M, and I got. Uh, Avengers, I think it's called Secret War. Yeah, Secret War is pretty good. Yeah. All of the, those three are pretty good. I mean, all of them were pretty good. They're all John Draper recommendations, and I. Oh, uh, what about Secret Invasion? I did not get Secret Invasion. 
I like secret information. I got a hundred dollar gift card from my employer for getting vaccinated. So I put those directly towards those books. So I didn't, I didn't want to go over. Oh, nice job. Not by much anyway. So, uh, you know, but I, but also I don't remember that one being on, uh, drapes list. So if it wasn't on drapes list, it, it, I wasn't going to speculate, but if I ever get around to reading those and I get back into reading comic books then, uh, or graphic novels, Secret Wars. Maybe it is Secret Wars. It's right here. I mean, uh, yeah. House of M. It is. It's Secret Wars. Okay, yeah. Secret Wars is really good. It's Secret Wars, and I've got three out of the four Civil Wars. I've got the Fantastic Four one, the Avengers one, the Spider-Man one, but I think the I think the prelude to Civil War is on back order, and I really can't start Civil War without the prelude to Civil War. Wow, you're really going deep in the archives right there, man. You want all of them. You could have just read the seven... Seven main issues. All right, good for you. Look at you. He's getting vaccinated anyway. What's up? Yes, sir, Bill Gates. I will kill everyone I see, (laughs) Mr. Gates. No, that's supposed to be. You're supposed to save that for the Garden of Doom show. All your fans on Twitter are like, like that they toss you ideas for the show, and you're like, listen, I'm very happy to have ideas, um, but you know. Lots of things make me curious, but not everything. But if, if it makes me curious, I'm interested. Listen, if you're a witch, or you know a witch, or you know, or you're an expert on submarines, or a marine biologist, or a cryptozoologist, or you're an expert, or you've lived among a pride of hy- you know, a pack of hyenas, or a pride of lions, I'm interested. If you're so, if what if you're a zoologist that dabbles in cryptocurrencies? Absolutely. I'm very into. I I'm I'm actually on the trail of an expert on cryptocurrency. Problem is nobody in the fina- financial institutions are allowed to speak to you without getting tons of regulatory approval. So they only let you go on CNBC and talk to Forbes and things like that. So really? it's not worth it to do that. But but I am getting to towards the analysts or the journalists that don't work for the institutions that comment on what the institutions are doing. They can say whatever they want. So I'm making my way down that trail. Because I don't, I don't really understand cryptocurrency, and I figure that means a lot of other people don't too. So that's what I do. I try if I don't, if I learn about something that I don't know what it is, I'm a lazy intellectual. I try to get a guest, guest to teach me what it is and teach the audience. I do a little bit of research so I don't sound like a total dolt on the show, <laughs> and 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 me and the audience learn together. Absolutely good, very good, Jeff. You're doing your part by making people smarter i'm smart hey hey, the episode 46 garden of hope we just might have saved the world with that so check that one out if you want to save the world save the world make it a better place for you and for me in the entire human race all right guys that's pretty much it hammerlock hangover episode i hope you had a fun time listening to us it's just again, it was one of those episodes where we were just all over the place because it's really not really much interesting stuff to talk about. But it we made was it an interesting. Odd week. I think that there was interesting stuff that just wasn't big news. But you yeah. know, listen, we're trying to say goodbye. You want to make it a short show? It's it's actually longer than last week. So let, let me just let me just tell everyone, stay evil, my friends. There you go. Have a good one, guys. See you later.